Hello and welcome to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Charlene Bala-Lucas, and my co-host, Mugambi Nthiga. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you and to bring you the fifth season of this podcast, focusing on your mental health and well-being. Our lineup of guests will inspire you, inform you, entertain you, motivate you, make you smile, make you cry, and will always give you food for thought. So do stay with us for the next hour as we talk about mental health and mindfulness, play some music, and meditate together. But first, as always, let's start with a roundup of what's been happening in our lives, Mugambi. How have you been? I've been good. Anything to tell us about this week? You know, here we are. Uh, we have survived the one day of love in the year. The most commercialized <laughs> day. What do you have holiday. against Valentine's Day? I mean, that was last week. It's but just, just the hype, yo. It's very commercial. Yeah. Yeah. They do it to sell the greeting cards and the flowers and stuff. I mean, I think it's all good to be professing love for the people that we love and the things that we love but you know does it have to be that one day of the year exactly that's okay. my question it yeah doesn't. yeah but i suppose i mean i get flowers all the time from Amara. i don't need to wait till <laughs> valentine's day okay, and in fact if he forgets i kind of say oh so it's looking a bit bare in the house at the moment <laughs> <laughs> and then he knows what's what's going on yeah how has your week been yeah it's been good huh i think uh, february for me has been like you know my word of the year has been introspection so for me it's very much about really being introspective and yeah yeah last week you talked about reading war and peace yeah i haven't started yet oh i i know you have you <clears throat> know I, we're giving you time on that one i'm just reminding you mm. I, I wanted to be on record Are you on gonna two shows okay you're not gonna remind one. okay sour good yeah. <laughs> good and abby was great last week oh she was she was really it was good. amazing yeah Today we have another guest and he's no stranger to this show, having been on here last year to talk very candidly about his battle with alcoholism. He is a counselling psychologist and an internationally certified addiction professional currently working at Zenesis Wellness and Retreat Centre. He is passionate about helping people with mental health issues. He describes himself as happy, passionate and kind. Jafet Murimi Githinji, otherwise known as Jeff, welcome to Mindfulness Music and More. Karibu sana. Uh, thank you, thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure being here. I'm, Fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Good. You are a recovering addict and you're currently over four years and eight months clean. Congratulations. Yeah, I actually count a month every 24th. Yeah. Mm. You know, initially, when I was one year, two years, I was counting days. Uh, now I lost count. Now I count in months and weeks. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so on April 24th this year, though I do it one day at a time, I'll be five years old. Five years. Yeah. How does that feel? <sighs> I, I feel proud of myself mm -hmm. and thankful, grateful, uh, sometimes emotional when I remember where I was and where addiction had taken me. It had taken everything of me. So looking back and everything I have now, I have a family and healthy, I'm very grateful. If listeners want to listen to Jeff's story, and I think you were on here with Brevik as well, who also talked about addiction, please do go to our SoundCloud. The episode is on there and you can have a listen to the whole story. And, and you were very open and honest. But I'm blown away by how you've turned your life around because you now work in a wellness and retreat center, Zenesis. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, about Zenesis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Zenesis is our wellness and retreat center where we help people overcome addiction and other mental health issues. We have uh, programs that we tailor for our clients to help them and their families. When was it opened? 2022, March, 
if I'm not wrong, April. Okay. Oh no, it's March, not even April. been a year. Mm, yes. I'm it's just coming into a year now. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I first heard about it because you came to the Manic Monologues and you uh, put an ad for us and supported us. So I was very interested to know more about why was it opened and what kind of things people can come to you for help. The reason Genesis was opened is if you look at our aim if you go to our website our aim is to reduce stigma surrounding mental health issues i mean even in kenya apart from this show and maybe a handful shows not many people talk about mental health not many people know about mental health in africa in kenya people think it's still witchcraft and many other things people talk hush hush when people struggle with mental health and addiction people are hidden in their houses nobody wants to talk about it people are alienated so our main aim is to bring it out there that people are struggling it's not their fault and we are here to help Okay, really interesting. And the people coming to your retreat center, like do they come in and are they ashamed or are they hiding or because I remember when I went, I go back, this is going back 25 years or so and I was hospitalized with clinical depression and as I walked up to the door of the priory was then this mental health hospital. I remember saying, I hope nobody recognizes me here. I hope nobody ever knows that I've been here. Do you get that? Yes. In fact, as a counselor, the first question I ask guys when they are brought in because many are brought in or when they come is if it's your first time in a rehab, what did you expect? And the answers I get, people expect to be in chains, to be locked up, you know, to be given something we call beat therapy, but they find what? There's something we call beat therapy. What's beat what therapy? That? Where somebody is beaten oh. so that it was in the past for people who didn't know what it was all about. So and people think they're going to go through this. Yes, when they come, they think they are prepared to be chained, to be beaten, to be done all of those unspeakable things. But when they come, they found a serene environment, friendly people like me, and they are missed. And yeah, they can't believe that this experience. So what are the programs and the activities that you carry out at the center? We do a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we do when you come in is you have to see a psychiatrist for your psychiatrist review so that we know what exactly we are dealing with. So that comes with or without medication. So the second thing we do is psychotherapy. Psychotherapy is now uh, counseling with a psychologist like me. That can happen in two settings, individual therapy or group therapy, whereby we use evidence-based approaches like motivational interviewing, cognitive behavioral therapy, and we also do trauma healing. On top of that, we combine with wellness exercises like yoga, meditation, gym exercises, uh, Zumba, and yeah, Amazing, right? Yeah, no, that that's really realistic. So, I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a report that came out a few years ago that showed that Kenya was one of 60 countries in the world that still shackles and chains its mentally ill patients in rural areas because people don't know how to deal with mentally ill patients. So, there was a story about a guy called Paul in Kisumu that was he was chained by the ankles and put into a dark room and he had like a bucket for a toilet and he would get bread and water once a day because people don't understand it's so stigmatized and i find it really fascinating that people who come to zenesis think some people still have that image of that's what's going to happen yes it's quite sad yes i ask every client who comes in and do you know where you, you are yes what do you expect before mm. they even see the center what mm. do you expect and they tell me and 
I share a light moment with them and wow <laughs> it's not what's going to be the case it's yeah. yeah it's quite it's mind-boggling look let's go to your first song choice before we carry on with the conversation it's Burner Boy featuring Ed Sheeran oh For My Hand yeah why have you chosen this song it's a love song <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this for your wife yeah, you remember I do remember <laughs> yes um, it's beautiful. There's a line in the song that says, I come to you when I'm down or broken, something like that. And yeah, she's my go-to person. I remember she was a real motivation <laughs> to you when you were getting clean and stuff. Still yeah. is. What's her name? Bansi. All right. Bansi. <laughs> for you. Banda Boy and Eddie Sheeran, for my hand. I want to be in your life until the night is over. I want to hold you so tight, so tight, coming closer. It's been a hell of a ride, but every single moment You were there by my side Whenever I'm broken, you make me feel old Whenever I'm lonely, you're there for my soul Wherever you are, girl, that's where I call my own Whenever you doubt it, I'll be letting you know Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and more with me, Mogambin Tega. And me, Shalini Balalukas. And in the studio, we have Jeff from Zenesis talking about everything to do with therapy. That Can you give us some examples of what sort of cases you have and what kind of things you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis? Well, for all our clients, the constant is a substance use disorder okay. known as addiction. So that's the main thing with this wellness center. It's an addiction rehab place. Yes, but as it is, 
under statistically over 90%, not even our clients over 90%. Not, I don't want to be specific, but a higher number of people who struggle with addiction also have something we call comorbidity or an underlying mental health illness. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Yes. So the first thing we do for every client is um, what we call rigorous screening and assessment. Like I said, we start with the psychiatrist, then we come to the psychologist side to see, apart from struggling with drugs, what else are they struggling with. Then, after that, we have an elaborate treatment plan. It's not combined for individual clients with their own problem. So your problem is this, your main problem with this, you have an underlying issue. So how do we deal with this? and this then you find there are also other issues like family problems self-esteem all of those so we have to tailor make a treatment plan for that so we see how best we can incorporate group and individual therapy to treat or to help the client overcome those issues as they complete the program so do you find that a lot of people become addicted to alcohol and substances because they've had the depression and overwhelm and anxiety or do they get the depression? I mean, is it easy to even divide between the two or is it just all encompassing? It's a case of the egg or the chicken. Yeah, okay. Which came first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. yeah. Mm. So sometimes it's elaborate. Sometimes it's clear you can see which came first. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we have them. We have the egg. We have the chicken here with us. So we have to deal with it. Okay. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter which came first. If we are able to establish, yeah. if it's clear, yeah. it matters. Oh, it does matter. Yes. Okay. But mm. if it's not, we see how we... We, we progress. All right. And um, so as part of these programs, I imagine that there's people that are going to come through your doors and there's people that are going to leave your doors. And I find it interesting first that you called it substance use disorder. Is there a distinction between the terms now? Is there a necessity for that between the catch-all term, which is addiction, and what seems to be a more intentional term, the substance use disorder? I find substance use dis- There's also the point where we become politically correct about so what we have to say. Is it a political term? Yeah. <laughs> or, or is there something uh, uh, yeah, because that's the diagnosis. Okay. Right. That's the diagnosis. That's, uh, we say, scientific or what the doctor writes More down. More medical. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a medical term. Mm-hmm. But we say addiction can be, you can be addicted to movies. You can be addicted to a non-substance. Mm-hmm. But when we say substance use disorder, right. we have categorized that you are actually addicted to a certain substance. Okay. What kind of Got substances it. are we talking about? What kind of addictions are you seeing here in Kenya? Alcohol. Mm-hmm. Is that the main one? Not really. Okay, mm. what's okay. the main one? I wouldn't say there's a main one between alcohol and marijuana. Mm. Wow, marijuana, yes. like a lot of addiction to marijuana. Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, the most discouraging part is uh, with addiction for marijuana is a bit, we say, you see for alcohol, you see it. Mm-hmm. Because when one is addicted to alcohol, you'll see that they get drunk. You'll see that it's shouting. Yeah. But for addiction to marijuana, it comes with a lot of underlying conditions, mm-hmm. such as psychosis, which many people don't see per okay. se because it creeps in a little bit more slowly. Explain mm-hmm. psychosis to us. Psychosis is when somebody is detached from reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
and uh, it manifests itself in these ways. One can have hallucinations. Hallucinations is when you perceive something that doesn't exist. For example, you may hear voices, you may see things that don't exist, you may smell things that don't exist, you may taste or you may feel things on your skin mm. that are not there, but for you it's real. The other way it manifests itself is through delusions. Delusions is believing something that uh, isn't real, but for you it's real. For example, you may believe you're Jesus. We've had such cases. Yeah. Or you have an exaggerated idea of yourself. Okay. That is a result of smoking marijuana. Yes. Okay. And then there's something we call a volition. Is it a volition or a volition? One of the two. Yeah. But it's basically where one loses interest in the things that are important to them or were important or are still important, but yeah. you lose interest. E.g., somebody was interested in school. They were doing classes, but they no longer find interest mm. in doing classes. Somebody was a tidy person, clean guy but they no longer find interest in buying clothes, in showering, in taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Somebody was having good family relations, but they no longer now find interest to, you know, meet up with their family members. So all of that and, can happen. And this is all from addiction of marijuana. Yes. Which is so available. Yes. And if you check, you'll see the rates of dropouts and the rates at which university guys are not finishing school. Oh but people don't see. Is it a high rate in Kenya? Yes. And because of marijuana? I was a victim. Wow. I never finished my first degree. Mm. I don't know if I told mm. you yeah, that. Yeah, I remember. Yes. Because marijuana is cheap in Kenya. Yes. It's available. Yes. What kind of ages are you seeing are getting hooked onto it? 12. What? 13. Oh 16. And by the way, it's very dangerous because for these drugs, for you to get a high, it has to get into your brain mm. and change your brain chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. So we consider a fully grown human brain to be fully grown. Some scientists say 21, some 25. Let's even put it at the lowest, which is 21. So if you start smoking marijuana at 12, it's affecting your it brain. Affecting your brain development. It affects the development. In fact, in some people, some parts of the brain stop growing at that oh time. My. That's why you find a 35-year-old person behaving like a 13-year-old and you wonder why. But if you look to see, they started drinking at 13. Mm -hmm. They started smoking at 13. So that part of the brain... Didn't develop. Uh, yes. Or didn't. I see. Um, this... This is some crucial work that you're doing, obviously, and you get to see firsthand what people are going through in terms of uh, their mental illness and their addiction, or in this case, their uh, substance use disorder. <laughs> I'm just wondering what your feelings are being ground, like you're there on the ground, what yeah. your feeling is in terms of uh, what first as experts in the industry, uh, what, what progress are making there. And on a community level and the expert level, where do you think we're at as as a society? Such a great question. Because mm. it's a hard one. It's yeah. a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Even as I'm asking it, I'm like, oh, yeah. First of all, I'm bracing myself. on a professional level, if we look maybe at the country, we are understaffed. Yeah. There's not enough psychiatrists. No. There's not enough counselors. Therapists. Yes. Yeah. If you go to the ground, we do a lot of outreach. Where we go, we get a group of maybe 50, 100 people. Mm. And we ask, do you know what is depression? Mm. Do you know what is addiction? Do you know what is uh, all about mental illness? And do you hear the answers people get or people give? And the information is not sufficiently out there. They don't mm. know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's still very stigmatized, right? Yes. Mm. Even me talking about it, for, for me, it's... Uh, I had an incident 
where after rehab I enrolled for addiction school. Mm. So I was coming to Nairobi. I'm from Kirinyaga. So I was coming to Nairobi every Tuesday. So I had to leave home on Monday evening, sleep over at my auntie's place, come to class the whole Tuesday, go back home on Wednesday. But people around knew I had an addiction mm. problem. So when they saw me well, they assumed I was in rehab. So after two months, three months of coming to school, I had a friend. The friend stopped talking to me. And I went to them and I was like, what's up? What did I do? And they're like, you know, my mom told me you're crazy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he told me more. So he say, even even those things you say you go to school, you don't go to school, you go to get injections so that your head doesn't. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, so there's so much misinformation. Uh, yes, out there. you yeah. see. So, yeah, this is what you're dealing with from the point of view of a practitioner. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have had people, okay, because of my many days in sobriety, now I'm free with people. Mm. I interact with uh, former friends and people who knew me. And some of them tell me, we really thought you were you Tunafikiria And I've had that not once, not twice. Mm. Uh, so I, yeah. It's, yeah, it's misinformation. It's, it's just not understanding what mental illness is and that yes. addiction is a form of mental illness. And also, people don't understand that even for the person dealing with addiction, there's no addiction without pain. Yeah, mm. there's yes. some underlying... Uh, there's some underlying... Uh, because not everybody who drinks gets addicted. Yeah. Not everybody who smokes yeah, gets, gets addicted. addicted. Yeah. Yes, in fact, it's, it's very few. But for those few, the question should be why. Yeah. Mm. People say it's because ah, he drank too much. He had no control. But, but why? really, mm. why? Because mm. there's some underlying pain or trauma. Mm. Yes, or something went wrong in their development that people don't know. Even me, in recovery, I discovered mine when I was around two years in sobriety. Mm. I didn't know. I, I, I thought it was just quitting. I quit this thing, then I'm done. Then I begin experiencing some feelings which I felt when I was very little and I discovered this is the way I used to feel when I was young. So oh, this went could back be to your AIDS. childhood. Yes. Oh my gosh. Look, we need to take a break and listen to your next song choice and we'll come back and continue the conversation. Yeah. Um, you've chosen Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Why? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's because I don't want to blame anyone. But if you interact with people enough, they always like to shift the government should be doing this. These people should be doing this. But it's time you ask yourself, what can I do? You're, you're the man in the mirror. So ask yourself, what can I do? I love that. Okay, Thank let's you. have a listen. I'm gonna make a change for once in my life. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turned up the collar on my favorite winter coat, the wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street with not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them?
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. And me, Mogambin Tega. So we are in conversation with Jeff. That's right. And Jeff, you have been telling us so much about your Genesis Retreat and Wellness Center. I had a question about aftercare because I know that's a really important part of the process. What aftercare programs do you have? And I would like to know what the aftercare programs for you in your own journey were like. I'm sure they informed what you're doing. (laughs) Well, aftercare is very important Mm -hmm. because the kinds of things or illnesses we are dealing with are relapsing in nature. What do you mean? So people... Substance use is relapsing in nature, meaning that it's caused by... Fasting addiction is caused by brain changes, isn't it? And these brain changes don't just go away. Mm. Yes, they are triggers. There is all that. If you look like uh, 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 illnesses like depression, it comes back. Or you have to do... You have to take care of yourself for the rest of your life. Yes. If you don't... You can be prone to it again. Yes. So me saying it's relapsing in nature, I'm not saying it's cast on stone that you'll never move forward. So aftercare is very important, especially in the first uh, six months after discharge. Because when you come to rehab, when you come to treatment, most of us, and I say most of us because I also went to rehab those many years Mm. ago, Mm -hmm. you're starting from scratch. So it's like a baby learning to walk. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine a baby, the baby is learning to walk. They are crawling, they are standing, falling, and there is no mother or father to show them or to encourage them. They may stop walking or break their legs. So with that, we have an elaborate aftercare program, which in the first one and a half months, that is six weeks, the client is required to come to our center weekly for sessions to know their challenges, what they are going through, whether the interventions we made are working, okay. whether there is something we missed. Yeah. Mm. So that is the first one and a half months. For the next one and a half months to cover the three months, they come in once. But there should be weekly calls between the client and the psychological counselor. Okay. So there's accountability there the whole time. Yes. And the guardian, whoever is taking care of the person, as the nurses and the client all have a role to play. Okay. Then those are the first three months after discharge. Then from there, we have 21 months where they come in monthly. 21 months. Yes. Wow. So we have an aftercare that goes for two years. Wow. To help you deal with your challenges, mm. with what you're going through. Who pays wow. for this? Is this all oh, privately no, no, no. funded? Aftercare. Yeah. After you've been our client, aftercare is free of charge. But what about the actual, uh, at the beginning when they the are The beginning, in? at the beginning you have to pay. So it's a privately funded. Yes, it's, so it's privately funded. Okay. So after you've paid for the initial treatment, which goes for 90 days, yeah. for the aftercare program, that is ours too. Not unless there are additional medical charges. Yeah. Maybe where a doctor is involved because the doctor has to be paid. But for psychological support and for our support and for the continuity of the program. Yeah. So you pay for the initial 90 days. Yes. Tell me, do you do things like the 12 steps? Yes. It's an evidence-based. I forgot to mention it mm-hmm. when you asked me about our intervention. Yeah. It's an evidence-based approach. There's 12 steps, motivational interviewing, motivational enhancement therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. There are several others, but those are the ones we do. And we also concentrate on trauma healing because of the pain that... Sounds, yeah. yeah. It sounds like mm-hmm. uh, amazing work you're doing at Zenesis. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What impact have you seen? What positive impacts have you seen from the work? The tangible stuff, if you're allowed to speak about it. Uh, maybe I say personally. Mm. Right? Yeah. It, it keeps me sober. 
yeah. keeps you sober. <laughs> keeps you sober. Yeah. That's the main thing I get out of it. But do you find that people like do need a life purpose to then have that, okay, this is what I'm focused on now is my life purpose to keep me sober, to keep me off addiction? Because often people have lost hope when they turn to substance abuse. The first thing is addiction takes away from you the things you loved mm. the most. Mm. If you loved hiking, you no longer have the time for that. If you loved music and all of that. You're consumed by your addiction. Yes. So yeah. the first thing, basically recovery is about rediscovering yourself. It's mm. rediscovering the things you liked. It's rediscovering your purpose. It's rediscovering your emotions, whether negative or positive. Mm. You know, when we talk about emotion, people always want to think about the positive. Yeah, ones. they don't understand that emotions it's, are all encompassing. It's being yeah. in touch yeah. with yourself with your goals, with the things you like, with your strengths, and most importantly, with your values. Okay. That's yeah. wonderful. It's really interesting. I love your quote. You've chosen a quote. You think it's by Gandhi. I'm not sure. Uh, what's the quote Should you've be. chosen? Uh, read for me. Oh, <laughs> where there is love, there is life. <laughs> yeah. Why did you choose that? When I was, uh, you know, I think you're an old romantic, <laughs> Jeff, because you always mention your wife. And so I think this is what it is, right? Where where you have your wife, there is... I think where there is your wife, there is life. <laughs> and it rains too. Shalini. Yeah? It's true. You know, you, I think you've gone very, very coy there, very shy. <laughs> yeah, but come to think of it, for example, drugs. Mm. Let's see drugs for drugs for them to make you feel nice it's because they make your brain release dopamine mm. or you have an excess of endorphins yeah which is is created by things like love and happiness and love <laughs> will still g- <laughs> give you those very same things yes okay. so instead of drinking fall in love what you're saying. <laughs> and don't fall in love with a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Share love. <laughs> so Share so that's, love. That's, that's what that quote means to you. That quote mm-hmm. really means to me is um, the world is, uh, we have many struggles, we have many things we struggle with, but with love, it's free. Make someone smile. It will also make you happy. Mm. Spread yes. the love. Yes. I like that. Okay, look, wonderful. let's go into a, a very quick gratitude meditation before we go to your next song choice. Okay. Uh, so just sitting quietly for a moment, closing your eyes or lowering your gaze if you feel comfortable to do so. And I just want you to bring your attention to your breathing, breathing in and out through your nose, honoring every breath in and every breath out. And then putting your right hand in the center of your chest and the left hand on top of that. This is your heart chakra. Just feeling your heart beat, feeling the warmth under your palms. And think of something that you're grateful today. Big or small, it doesn't matter. Send that gratitude out to that thing. And then think of someone you are grateful for today near or far send out feelings of gratitude to that person and then think of something that you're grateful for about yourself self-gratitude and compassion is a necessary thing so really think about this one thing and give yourself those feelings of gratitude and then bringing your awareness back into the space you're in, back to my voice, 
and slowly opening your eyes. We'll go straight into the next song choice, which is Ami O by Manu Dibango, featuring Papa Wamba and Angelique. Let's have a listen.
and welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Mugambi, and my co-host, Shalini. I would like to ask our guest, Jeff. I mean, that's a beautiful song. Why did you pick Amir? During the COVID lockdown, I was in a foreign country. and My wife my wife was pregnant by the time I went, and uh, my baby was born during the lockdown, so I couldn't come home. It was a very stressing and anxious time for me so music was the only thing i had and uh, i was listening to a lot of african music mm. and i came across the work africa album by manu dibango who had just passed away right, right. because ah, of right. covid and when i listened to that song i put it on repeat so many times mm. it's not even in english i don't even okay later i researched it, it's a love song but the what do we call them the vocals by Papa Wemba and Angelique and the instruments by Emmanuel Dibango were just refreshing and kept me afloat. Sometimes you don't even need to understand the language (laughs) or the words. It's just that the song touches your soul. So yeah, okay, amazing. Thank you. That's a beautiful story. And this is just, you can answer really quickly, just out of curiosity. So when were you reunited with them? How old was your child at this point? Four months. I left my wife at six months pregnant. See her for nine months. I got a chance to come home when my daughter was four months. Oh wow! That's hard. Wow. Oh, it's a beautiful song. I'm glad it carries so much resonance. So uh, we like to do this with our guests. Uh, We like to do a little exercise where we take them and leave them on a desert island and ask them if you are aware of that desert island, what are the things that you take? First of all, take one book with you. What book would that be? Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Yeah, you know, after the Bible, that's the most chosen book on this. Show. Yeah. Oh, really? Is mm. it? Okay. I read it. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> resonate with <laughs> it at all. Yeah. I, I don't know how many people choose it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's because. Uh, yeah. Uh, why do you choose it? Life is a journey, and we have to pick lessons from our interactions, from our every experience whether good or bad. Mm. So that's why I resonate with it because in my life I've made numerous mistakes and uh, I've learned to forgive myself by mm. taking the lessons and patting myself on the back and say, at least I survived. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Self-compassion <laughs> is important. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. If there's only one song you could play on that desert island, what would that song be? Baby, don't worry <laughs> about <laughs> a thing. Carry <laughs> <laughs> ah. on singing, guys. Thing gonna be alright. All right. All right. So Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. Yeah. yeah. Such a great song. Such a great song. Okay, that I get. That I get why you chose that. Yeah. That song doesn't get old. Yeah. Uh, what about a luxury item? Yeah. If I could carry a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> if you could carry a swimming pool. But you've got to the sea there. You don't want to swim in the sea. I don't sea. know the water is too salty. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Swimming pool with fresh water in the middle of the desert island. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 you get it. You don't <laughs> like swimming in the sea. Do you like swimming in the sea, Gabby? I love the I sea. Really, yeah, I, love I prefer the, the sea, sea to a pool. It's For me, it's because you can just float much. Yeah, easily. but yeah. it's just the waves and the... Except when you get bitten by jellyfish. And you Has get, that happened to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, when the seaweed comes and... and strangled your ankles no no the seaweed mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't i don't mess with uh, that. and then the swimming pool doesn't have low tide and high tide yeah so. that's <laughs> true <laughs> okay that's good point okay good point. we'll give you that then you can have your swimming pool all right so you are in the swimming pool enjoying sunday brunch <laughs> who would be in that pool with you 
dead or alive that would be my wife and i know she will come with my daughter so <laughs> okay so <laughs> but you can have question. but you can have brunch with your wife every day <laughs> yes you, you could invite to... one person but now i've i've been brunch. in the desert island uh-huh. you see the oh, thing is so she's come uh, for one brunch yes okay so <laughs> he's really thought about yeah, this yeah, huh? okay 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 <laughs> he has a hack around these questions <laughs> the swimming pool room. makes sense the song makes sense the book makes sense the person makes sense okay yeah. we'll, give, we'll give it all to you thank you so much Jeff oh, we've got one final question for you what advice would you give your 20 year old self seeing that you've been through such a journey at 20 years old I wasn't in the deep end of my addiction I, I was here enjoying life partying smoking like there's no tomorrow and uh, I thought I knew everything so the advice I would give myself at 20 years old is life is bigger than what you see uh, have an open mind be honest open minded and willing to take on tasks and yeah I love that yeah you've got to be willing to take on whatever life throws at you yeah because at that time I had so many opportunities that I would just brush off because it is interfering with my partying or mm. drinking yeah do you think young people your that age 20 21 are still going through that now like this whole party culture Yeah, I think so. And thinking the mentality that you know everything, mm. that everything is going to work out even if you don't do anything. Yeah. Is out there. There's a it's sense rampant. of entitlement, yeah. It's rampant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. How can people reach you and especially to do with Genesis? I think we really want to know how people can reach Genesis. On Instagram, it's genesis_wellness. Yeah. And you've got a website? Yes. It's uh, www.genesiswellness.com. And that's the best way people can reach you. And uh, email info at zenesiswellness.co.ke and also 0708-66259. Amazing. Thank you. Just give us that number one more time. 0708-66259. Great. That's Zenesis Wellness and Retreat Center. So please, yes. listeners, if you want to reach out, do call or email or visit the website. And for me, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I'm on at justjoom, J-U-S-T-J-H-O-O-M. And you can reach me at It's Mugambi, that's at I-T-S-M-U-G-A-M-B-I on the Instagrams. Perfect. And, and mine on Instagram is Jeff underscore Ribbon underscore. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you, guys. To all our listeners, if you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, please do seek professional help, whether that be a counselor or your doctor, or now you've got details for Zenesis. You can also open up and share your feelings and mental health issues anonymously without fear of judgment on Bonga, www.bonga.or.ke. This is a safe space where you can start the healing process. To play out the show, Jeff's final song choice, Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. This is been mindfulness music and more with me Shalini Bala Lucas and me Mogambin Tiga we're grateful to all of you for your time today thank you for listening and until next week stay, stay happy, happy be, be mindful, mindful. This morning